Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. Today, we're gonna continue my conversation with Logan Wolf, and we're gonna discuss how he transitioned his traditional ministry into a house church movement. Let me see if I'm doing the math here. 2019 was about when you started this uh, this new strategy, right? Yes, sir. And then this little thing happened that made a lot of churches unhappy from say 2020 to almost present. <laughs> what, how did that, I mean, my understanding is it's almost like you look like a genius. I know you did, you had no idea no. We understand. There's no idea. You're just like stepping out in faith and whatever. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I just talked to me about that. It was incredible. So because before you do that, let me tell you my experience. Yeah. When I found about COVID-19, I was literally at a church planter luncheon. There's a pizza the size of a major table because it's a bunch of church planters, you know, coffee and pizza. No one's talking. Everyone is huddled around a television set as the governor of our state is saying no one, no gatherings starting this Sunday, no gatherings of over 15 or 50 people at a time. And, and they're all, what do it was the whole, what do we do? And there's all the live streaming and all the other things that started coming from that. Now that was our experience. What was your experience (laughs) when, when that happened? Yeah, it was, uh, it was incredible. So I saw the same announcement. And we had been doing, by the time that happened, we had already been in house church for a year, that first year of learn, like that whole yeah. learning curve. And so we were kind of getting into a groove of things. Uh, I mean, just really kind of training people in some biblical principles and getting in some rhythms in the community and all this. And not, I mean, not where we are today, but we're kind of getting, getting into our stride a little bit. I see that announcement and it was like, I mean, I remember telling the guys, like this is going to be our bread and butter. Like this is, <laughs> this is like we this nothing. And so it was so cool because nothing, we didn't stop at all. Like nothing. Right. Happened. So, <laughs> like we just, Sunday. <laughs> I mean, right. we just kept rolling. And I mean, there was we had people, you know, they got sick, and and there was a right. couple times we had people join us virtually, but while we still had all of our in person gatherings. But it was like this, you know, you would think biblically community should like, a biblical church shouldn't be shut down because of circumstances in the like there should we should be able to still have church in the, the true new testament sense and that's what we did i mean we just we had smaller our churches were small and right. so we're in houses across the valley and we just kept meeting and what was so crazy is in that time is when we i mean i remember getting a text message one night i go to bed super early and so this was like Super late. Someone texted me like 10 o'clock. I've been asleep for hours. And <laughs> <laughs> well, you've already retired. <laughs> I'm going to sleep for So, and I woke up the next day to this text message and it was a, a brother from one of our Salt Lake churches. And it was a video of him baptizing a coworker. Mm. And he, he, he said, man, this is the guy I've been doing Bible studies with at lunch at work. And he just professed faith in Christ and I baptized him here in the bathtub. He sent me the video. And this is mid-pandemic. This is, you know, in, in, I think in that July 2020. 
And so that was the first of like this kick the season through all that. We just started seeing people coming to faith and people in our church like owning that and going out and sharing because everyone's afraid and terrified. The world's right. ending and now we don't know what we're going to do. And we had people really say, like step up and say, okay, w- the message of peace and hope and joy that is Christ, this like it, it's going to resonate now because everyone's afraid. And right. it, it did. And, um, I mean, obviously, we still there were times we were met with resistance or or opposition or whatever. But it was incredible the number of people during that whole season that was sharing the gospel and then God honoring that and people coming to faith. Like it was incredible. So our yeah, we didn't. We actually sped up and grew during that time instead of having to hunker down and stop. Yeah, because I imagine again you were already set up and people were probably looking for opportunities to gather. Yeah. And I, and I think that, I mean, obviously I lost some friends to COVID, Yeah, but it was not as lethal as originally advertised. And for that, I'll always be grateful. Yeah. I do think that, you know, again, your, your house church situation was one where you were in compliance from go, you weren't breaking any authority. You were having biblical community, both by first church, first century church standards and by current standards. And, and, and God opened those doors for you. And I was so happy for that. And just how many people did you guys baptize during the pandemic? So it depends on how you track. Because I know technically, like what, just a couple of weeks ago, the CDC said it's officially, they're not. So if you track it through yep. this year, um, it's like 80 some. If you track That's it amazing. through, if you track it through just like that 2020, like, so like July, 2020, like the heart of it through the end of the year, it's like 40 uh, something. So it's, it's been, yeah. There's a lot of, well-financed, well-thought-of churches that have a hard time doing those. I just think that's amazing. There's what an opportunity for there to be faithfulness because during the pandemic, what I kept thinking to myself is for a minute, there was a time where the larger, more financed churches were more of at a liability than the young, the smaller ones. And so it was the, there was some neat creativity that happened with you know churches with less resources uh, and less attractional. Could, right. could do that. You know, you talked about earlier, some of your, your difficult circumstances. I also had to be friends to my other pastor friends, because I mean, you were talking about bad situation. I had a friend open a sanctuary, brand new multi-million dollar sanctuary on like March of 2020. And let's just say the bank wasn't looking to extend you know, <laughs> that. It's terrible. Great. And oh. so, and so everyone had a difficult time. And, yeah. and, and so for you, you just had a unique situation to just go on business as usual. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that's exciting. So talk to people about what that looks like. So someone might be listening today going, I have only been in brick and mortar buildings. Yeah. I have only been in very stylized denominational entities. Yeah. You know, I've only seen house churches as kind of culty. What does that, I'm just, Hey, listen, you know, you only get one chance to make a first impression on some folks, you know, what, yeah. what would you tell to them? In, in terms of what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, it, I, we, I always say it this way, there's an infinite number of things churches can spend their time and energy and money on. I mean, there's all kinds of programs and needs. And, and so we have said, okay, if we're going to pare down like this, if we're going to push into what's essential, we actually have to clearly in our mind, like, what is the most important things we can do? And so we just take that Acts 2 passage, uh, Acts 2, 36 through 47, 
and we just say, okay, here are you know the, the, the 120 and then the you know, Pentecost and Peter's preaching the 3,000. It says everyday people are being added. So what is this earliest group of believers, men and women who would have been alive during Jesus's ministry, they would have seen that, heard him. What are, what are they giving themselves to? And in that passage, it, it just outlines, I mean, Peter's preaching repentance and faith received the Holy Spirit. So at the core, I mean, that's the gospel message. At its core, we have to make sure we are calling people to repent of their sin, trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior, receive the Holy Spirit. Like that's, that's, we have to always come after that. And then what's happened after that is there's baptism, um, there's prayer, there's healthy multiplication of disciples and churches, um, there's fellowship and loving one another, there's, there's worship and praise of God for what he's doing, there's table fellowship, the breaking of bread, the Lord's Supper, um, there's supernatural generosity taking place, there's um, devotion to the word of God, there's identified uh, leadership and there's this commitment to doing all of that together. It says they're together day by day. Um, in fact, as you go through Acts, that's the pattern. There's just this witness. And it's so incredible. And I oh. just kind of wonder that sometimes, just as an, as an aside, they're together daily and daily God's adding to the church. And I just wonder if there's something in the mm. fact that as believers are just always together, God just keeps bringing people in. And so it just, I've been chewing on that. Yeah, uh, seriously, because I everyone talks about the lack of they need to find community. They're looking to church for community, and sometimes, like you said, what they're getting is once a week sitting yeah. in the same pew. Yeah, and so I think that that's great in terms of the the withness, the togetherness. The I, I commend that. Yeah. So in our in our to be your initial question in our our gatherings, and that's what we're emphasizing. And so our leaders in our house churches basically it's not you're not going to there's no pulpit in my living room, so you're not going to come in. It's not like a traditional church service. <laughs> It is, it is conversational, it is relational, and it's facilitated by someone. So there'll be space, uh, and it's organic, but now there is structure, there's hooks. So all those important things I just listed from Acts 2 are taking place, but it's not like that we don't have a, I don't hand out bulletins as people come in the front door. It's like, okay, now is the baptisms, or now is the, it is very organic, but those pieces are all there. Um, so we usually I, start. I'm sorry. I'm I'm still stuck on the pulpit in the bed in the living room. There's no <laughs> do that. Everyone's like, what is happening now? Like that would freak people There's out. There's gonna be a bulletin at the front door <laughs> and <a bulletin laughs> in the living room. Just, I would love that. Now keep going. I'm sorry. That's all. Awesome. Uh no, so we, we usually have some sort of meal um either in the front end or the back end, and we couple that with communion. And, and again, it's the there's something about a shared meal um, that just builds fellowship and community. It takes down walls and barriers. People's inhibitions kind of loosen up, and so a lot of good conversation, a lot of spiritual conversation uh, happening around the table. Um, we'll move into some care time. So we encourage people, and if it's a newer group or a newer newer church, the questions aren't as deep. But we try to encourage, like, what's been the highlight of your week, the low point. We celebrate those things. We pray through those things. Um, keep prayer list about you know stuff that's ongoing, um, and then we we worship and praise. And sometimes it's we plan songs and we'll sing them all at once. And sometimes it's more organic if we open with a song or during the word time. If something reminds us of one, we'll stop and we'll sing a song or we'll stop and we'll pray. Um, and then we have a conversation around the word, and um, we focus on. And this is I think a key. It, it is discovery based. Um, by that I mean. We don't have one person monologue teaching. Um, they're asking they're asking questions and helping people draw stuff, not from experience or from something they heard on YouTube or something. Um, they're asking, what do you see in the text? And they're helping people draw stuff out of the text. 
And I tell you, people are more apt to believe what they discover for themselves than what mm. you tell them to believe. And so it, is, it has been a really rich time in the word. And the emphasis is obedience. Like if we learn something that Jesus says to do or to not do, or there's an example or a promise that we're supposed to believe, like the goal is let's do that then and not just accumulate Bible trivia. You know, and I think so often that's what discipleship comes. We push people through like a 12-week course where they memorize all this stuff about the Bible. So you're discipled. And, but if you're not doing any of it, yeah. like, then no, you're not. I mean, a disciple is someone who follows Jesus. So there's this idea of surrender and obedience and submission. And so, again, it's so great. Yeah. We're not slave to a sermon calendar. I used to, I used to map out my sermons for a year, dude, all this stuff. Who doesn't? Right. I, come on, I know. I love doing that. But now it's like if we're going through a passage and we make like we we vote, uh, verbalize and, and share our applications and takeaways and stuff. And if we come back the next week and half the room said, man, I struggled with living out that passage or I didn't even think, OK, well, then there's no need to rush to the next chapter. Let's just problem. Let's revisit it. Let's problem solve it. Let's break it down. Right. And so it actually really helps people um walk out their faith and not just you know adhere to a, you know intellectually to a, a set of doctrines so it's been a lot of spiritual growth and so that's a big part of our gathering and then um well we pray and like i said we take community in the front of the back end and we take up an offering i mean giving's part of that we meet to and it's so great because there's no building there's no bills so we <laughs> we give we pay, you know, if there's a medical bill or people need groceries, we've bought cars for single moms. We've given to missionaries and church planners and ministries across Utah. And um, yeah. and it just, we can lavish, you know, that kind of stuff on people because we don't have any expenses. Um, and then we usually wrap up and people hang out forever and it's, it's a good time, so. That sounds like <laughs> a great time. I mean, I think that there's a, a special intimacy that you're describing yes, sir. that is uh, special. We're out of time. But we'll continue this conversation on our next episode. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.